Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products. They're a top-selling company on Amazon. They got great VR and AR products, including their Asterian Aura VR headset stand. I'm Jay Brad. I'm a VR YouTuber and streamer. I'm Matt Brat, a VR enthusiast who wishes food, virtual food, had flavor. <laughs> and I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who is so happy to be back. We are Yay! so happy to have you back. I know life has been busy and it's been a while, but we're we're just ecstatic that you're here with us again tonight. It's great to be back and I'm excited to talk about all things VR tonight. It's been a while and let me tell you, I've only developed more opinions in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a doozy lately uh, in the VR industry. We were like, oh, nothing's happening. Now everything's happening. But you know how you listen to this podcast. We're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We're going to answer the questions from all of you out there. We're going to talk about the latest and not always the greatest, apparently the most controversial VR news lately. But then we're going to discuss <laughs> games we've been playing recently, our experiences. So if you're listening right now, come check us out on YouTube where you can see us face to face. Or if you're on YouTube, then take us anywhere with you to listen to on podcast platforms. We got all kinds of questions. Adam, are you got, are you ready for this question? I'm not sure, but we're going to do it anyway. So the first question is from Shafestradamus, and he asks, what are your thoughts on pedicures and why should every guy get one at least once? So obviously the best part about this question is just already assuming that everyone wants a pedicure to begin mm -hmm. with, right? Um, and so I have never received a pedicure. And so oh. I don't know if I can have any deep thoughts on pedicures or why I should get one. I suppose the answer for that is, I'll go get a pedicure and come back and tell you guys about it, right? <laughs> a special, the special pedicure episode coming up, right? There we go. I'm, we I'm excited. The episode on pedicures. <laughs> guys, this episode you know, has I nothing see to that, do with VR. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh you need gosh. a break from VR every once in a while, right? We'll have like a pedicure episode, right? We'll go and have like you know the mac and cheese episode, the mac and cheese episode. You know, you gotta yes. you gotta have some some of that <laughs> that extra content just to spice things up, right? So I guess we'll have the pedicure. Um, but you know, you you really gotta take time just for that self care, right? And a lot of people that I know like getting that pedicure because it's just time to like take care of themselves and make themselves feel nice and pretty. Right. And so if that's your thing, totally go for it. Uh, and I'll go get one and, and come back and tell you if that's my thing for self-care. Oh, yes. wow. oh, wow. I, I don't like feet. I don't like people touching my feet. So I don't know that I think every guy should get one or every person should get one. I think if you, you know, if you like the idea of someone else cutting your toenails, uh, more power to you. But that just seems like the most uncomfortable situation to me. Matt, you've probably had pedicures, right? I have. I've had a couple, not as many as some people. But uh, okay, one thing that's gross is that I learned that if they don't like disinfect the like foot bath thingy correctly, you can get like foot fungus from it, like from someone else's gross fungusy feet. Okay. My desire to get a pedicure has gone down immensely. <laughs> Just make sure that you see that they like have some like chemically stuff in the bowl after people you know if i'm going in for relaxation i'm not going to be like observing the bowl for floaters before i go to relax you know like that, that's not top of my priority list the other oh, thing is no. like they sometimes give you like kind of a massage and they'll like kind of massage like your calf and for me it was it 
tickled. And so that was, I was like, <laughs> that tickles. Like, I, I need you to do more pressure because that tickles. Uh, however, it is, I mean, it is kind of weird to have someone like clip your toenails and stuff. They usually don't really have to clip them as long as you like keep them a normal length. But they'll like, you know, uh, do yeah, the file uh, them down. Yeah, the file and stuff, which is kind of nice. I mean, I haven't mm. gotten one in a long time, but it was pretty nice. <laughs> well, that's more feet than I ever wanted to talk about. So, how, Nat, do we have another question here? We do. We have another question from Shafe Dog um, asking, given recent medical advancements that have allowed an ear to be 3D printed and surgically attached, wow. what, is one body, what is one body part you'd want to 3D print? And why is it not the body part? play psvr is thinking of oh boy uh, if you don't know play psvr they're another podcast they get very inappropriate so uh, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to start I, I don't have anything uh, adam what do you so think you know so you know that this is important once you become a parent um <laughs> That you always sort of need the eye in the back of your head to see what oh. your kid is doing. Hundred percent, that's what I need because I swear, the second that I turn away, my kid will just be able to like destroy an entire room. And at <laughs> just once, I would like to see how he's able to manage it because it seems to border on the impossible. You know, oh, Boy, that's great. That's a great answer for that. Actually, it is. It's a I... very safe answer too. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> I personally am very happy with everything about myself and I don't have any like oh if I could print this or add this to myself what would it be I do kind of look forward to the future of seeing where this goes though like that deus ex future where you can like augment your body in cool ways like add night vision to your eyes and stuff like that you know 3d printer right now isn't going to pull that off this is only replacing <laughs> something you've lost and as I haven't lost any body parts yet I don't I don't see mm. the need for this quite yet for me personally hey you don't you don't necessarily need augments right not yet. I feel like I would 3D print like an organ that if you lost Ooh, kidneys. it, not lost it. Yeah, like an extra kidney. Yeah, print kidneys and sell them on the black market. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Just have some Perfect. backups laying around. In case you know, you that should have been that should have been my my first answer, right? It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I want. I'm just going to augment like a thousand kidneys and then just like start selling them, right? <laughs> New At lucrative first I was business. Liver, model. but livers yeah, are yeah. pretty resilient, so I think probably like a kidney or something. <laughs> interesting. How fun. interesting. We got some. Some very interesting questions this time. Yeah, I think we got one more from Shafe there, Adam. Yeah, so our final question is from Shafe Dog again, and he asks, uh, Adam, are you a better podcast host than Jay? Oh. So, I don't know. I mean, we got the, the battle of the hosts here, right? I'll rock, paper, scissors you for it. How about that? Well, before we do that, I'll bring up one little point to think of. I have never missed a single podcast. Just that, if that hurts me in the heart, yeah, (laughs) not a single one since this podcast has begun. Man, we can can also rock paper scissors just just all right. Let's rock paper scissors. Okay, on on shoot. Okay, ready? Rock paper scissors shoot. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that definitively proves it. I threw out the paper. Yeah, and Jay threw out the scissors. I scissored him good and I won because of that. 
So we got, I don't know where the questions came from tonight. Shoopy asked opinion on jumping spiders or animals in general. We got one more question. I didn't see this one. We've got, we've got like three more questions. What? Uh, okay. I thought, I thought we were at the end of the questions. Okay. We have so many. So yeah. many. is it jumping spiders and animals or like jumping animals? Maybe well, just I anything that jumps. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say jumping spiders are a little terrifying cuz they're so unpredictable, but spiders in general are not your friends if you're into VR. Uh <laughs> yeah, there's a short on my channel recently where I oh came into the gosh. studio one day with John and found out a spider had laid an egg inside of my ring light and little cool. baby spiders were all coming out of my ring light all above my desk where both my VR headsets were sitting. So that just that just wrecked everything for me with spiders. So I have a bad opinion of spiders at the moment hate it you know i think it really depends on the number of leg like mm. if you got uh. something that's jump on two legs like a person or a kangaroo totally fine or a mm -hmm. koala i'd love to see a koala try and jump if you got like four <laughs> legs it's really size depending you know like seeing a grizzly bear jump would be terrifying <laughs> and then anything more than four legs is just a straight no yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> why uh, is that why are legs so creepy are terrifying when they jump because they What's just that? like praying mantises they just like <laughs> like fly at you i mean not fly but jump but scary it's awful <laughs> they have yeah. such creepy it's, eyes. it's it's like a, a jump augmented with a fly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the augments we were talking about yeah. well uh yeah the leg thing you're totally right though because i used to live in hawaii <laughs> and centipedes they have so many legs and they are the most disgusting Ooh. terrifying Ooh. creatures on the planet Did they jump? also because they are hard to kill. They they do kind of a pounce thing when they like oh. they like curl and then they like attack their Wait, prey. They do oh. so they like actually can jump. They are uh. it's it's more of like a, a bend up and pounce or thing, but they are fast too. No one tells you that they move. That is nightmare fast. fuel. Yeah, oh. they are the worst. I got into a battle with one and I didn't know oh. at the time either. <laughs> they are hard to kill. They are, you have to like, not only step on them, you have to like put your weight into it to actually crush one. Oh. They they are the worst thing ever. Oh. Yeah. Until this conversation, I would have laughed at the phrase, did battle with a centipede. And now <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from. Well, because they also get huge. I mean, they can be crazy big. They are the Willow's worst. Willow's coming to make you feel more secure. She's coming to make you feel Willow safe. Well, maybe you we should. Cat maybe... jumping though? Great. Cute. Right? Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. We should reel this back to VR. I think we got an actual VR related question, Adam. What? On this podcast? I, I know. <laughs> All right. Beef asks, let's hear if his preference, I'm guessing his being mine, let's hear if his preference has changed on Index versus Meta headset since the removal of the Facebook account and how the library of Meta games has grown substantially since VR devs seems to have flocked to Meta. That is a big question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, 90% of the time, I'm still using my Index headset. You know, I got both the Index and the Oculus headset and, and the Quest. And I'm still using my Index. You know, it just gives me that higher fidelity, a um, little bit more comfortable out of the box. The controllers, for whatever reason, just a little bit better. However, I will say that I'm not hating on 
meta anymore. Um, the, the Facebook account being removed is a big plus. The way that they're going with it and a lot of the good support that they're getting for games. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it. And I think I'll probably talk about this in a bit later, but it's nice being able to throw your quest in a, in a backpack and just take it with you on the go and not have to worry about carrying around your big gaming rig, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is nice. So I will say my opinion has been changing a little bit. I wouldn't put it above my index, but it's definitely improved since the last time I've, I've chatted with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear about that. We're going to hit on it more in the games and discussion, of course. We had one last question. TBATF Tord asks, what's the opinion on the price, the Quest 2 price increase? We went pretty heavily into this on the last episode of Lipnox. But since Adam's here, we're going to talk about it a little bit in the news. But before we get into the news, we got to tell you about Asterian Products. They're our sponsor for the podcast. They've been with us practically from the beginning because they love us go check out their steering aura vr headset stand on amazon and use code full dive 10 on amazon to get 10 percent off to get your own glorious glowing rgb headstand it's awesome headset stand Did i say headstand <laughs> you can do a headstand with one I guess, if you <laughs> uh well we talked about it briefly uh quest 2 price in the discord yeah, if yeah. You do it. <laughs> quest 2 price went up today it happened the day we're recording it'll be a few days before it launches but today it happened it's 400 bucks but i saw a really funny detail on reddit i wanted to tell you guys and they were like hey who else found out the quest 2 price was going to go up but there was that silver lining you get beat saber for free after the first so they ran to the store oh. bought their headset and did not turn it on until today <laughs> So they got the lower price headset, plus they got Beat Saber for free. I was like, that person nice. knows what they're doing. I didn't even think about that. Life hacks. So smart. For real. For real. <laughs> I love so that. <laughs> you weren't here last episode, Adam. What do you think about this? About the price increases? Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's about time. We all suspected that they were selling these Quest 2 headsets at a loss for a while just to try and promote VR. And then, you know, the, the economy started changing a bit. VR really started catching on. Meta really cemented themselves as the VR powerhouse. And then they're like, all right, time to, time to start making money off this. And then just Ugh. started cranking up the prices up. So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that the... That sort of people's gateway into VR, that barrier of entry has gone up a little bit. But honestly, I'm not terribly surprised about it. As a developer, do you think that $100 could make the difference between losing money and making money on it? Honestly, yeah, I do think so. Um, because, or, or, or at least they're making it at cost now. I definitely mm. think that they were subsidizing it. You know, I yeah. think that they were selling every single headset at a loss. I mean, if you just think not only the parts in the headset, right? Like the screen and the electronics and everything, uh, the controllers, just the electronics themselves, but all the cost of making them and shipping them and entering into partnerships with companies. I definitely think $100 is probably the right amount maybe to be losing money on it, to be breaking even or even making some money off every headset. And you know, they're definitely, if people actually buy the accessories from their store, then they'll definitely be making up some, some difference there because their accessories are ridiculously priced. Oh yeah. And they all, and and they all went up in price. I don't know if you knew that, Adam. Oh, I didn't didn't catch that piece of info. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Every accessory official one went up like the elite strap with battery. It was 109 is now 120. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, if yeah. I had to place money on it, I'm betting that they raised the price to start selling it 
break even. Like I bet you mm-hmm. that their new price point is just break even. They're just trying to get the headset into people's hands and then basically, you know, upcharge them on all the accessories or or sell them on all the games. That's what I think is going on. Yeah, it is giving some breathing room. You know, other competitors are like, oh, man, maybe we can come back in and actually have a competitive price with them. Maybe we can get our headset in that price range because no one thought 300 was touchable with VR right now. But yeah, 400 honestly, it probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 400, 500 for the higher edition. You know, that's that's putting us on point with more like what we used to see the PSVR costing. And uh, oh, yeah. Nat, I think you've got some news about the PSVR for us or PSVR 2. I do. Unfortunately, it's not the news we all want. Uh-oh. But <laughs> earlier this week, Sony revealed some new software features coming to PSVR 2, including live streaming with face cam. That's pretty freaking cool. Um, hmm. In that announcement, <laughs> Sony also teased that they'll share PSVR 2's release date, price, and launch games soon. Yay. We haven't already <laughs> been waiting forever. Um, and... We see it's kind of surprising that Sony hasn't released these key details yet. Um, Some are wondering if maybe Sony is watching the VR market right now and seeing what's going on, waiting for the last possible moment um, to reveal that launch date and cost. And maybe they're trying to avoid running into a situation where they increase the cost of the headset after its launch. So Uh, maybe uh like... (laughs) Maybe they don't want to be like Meta. I don't think nope. that would work with Sony with with their headset. I think people would be uh, more up in arms than than with what's happening with the Quest. But yeah, like with Sony, they have a reputation to uphold, right? With right. Meta, mm-hmm. everyone already hates them already, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what they do, right? It's a valid point. <laughs> <Pretty true. laughs> so what do we what do we think about all this news? So much. <laughs> I'm I'm interested personally to see how the live streaming with face cam would work, right? Because mm-hmm. when you think about VR headsets and and just like sealing it around your eyes, you know, when you ha- talk about a face cam, like what actually is is the camera going to be showing? You know, like is it just going to be the strip of your eyes and you can watch their eyes dart around in like a little <laughs> screen, or is it hopefully going to be like a little bit more removed from the face? You can get some of those good facial expressions going. I'm I'm interested to how they're going to incorporate the face cam personally. Mm-hmm. We've seen a screenshot, although we don't know if this is. This is, you know, the final product or whatnot, but it basically looks like the PS5 camera that you have mm-hmm. is going to just take a picture of you inside the headset, you know, show video of that. But the interesting thing was it looks like because there's two cameras on there, it probably does some depth sensing and it looks like it's going to cut your background out for you. Wow. And put you so it looks more like you're kind of sitting in the game, not mixed reality or anything, but like someone who has a good green screen and then sits there with their VR headset on and plays the game. It's, gonna, it's looking like that, which for PSVR is a big step, because if you think of PSVR yeah. one and what it was like to stream, you couldn't see the person. The screen itself was distorted and there was like these mm-hmm. black circle edges Oof. all around the screen. It just wasn't a premium live streaming experience where it looks like with PSVR two, it's going to be as good as most people right now who most big streamers who stream VR, but it's not going to be something revolutionary like with the eye tracking camera where they like put your eyes back on your face. doesn't look like it's going to be anything quite like that. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> A little nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited it, though. That's that's pretty cool that they're doing. Yeah, that. when we get details, because they're soon, <gasps> right? Soon. Honestly, so so the building that I work at is under construction, 
and it's been under construction for a while. And every single time we ask when it's going to be done, it's always two weeks, right? It's always oh. two weeks. It's been, it's been two weeks to done, and it's been two weeks for about six months now. Oh. So that, that's that's sort of the same feeling I'm getting from like the soon announcement. It feels like that we've been right on the urge of that PlayStation 2 big release for a while, but mm-hmm. it's coming soon. Yeah. So soon. Yeah. Again. <laughs> hey, we're, we're on the, we're, that's all we're waiting for. And we're still, it's still very divided. A lot of people are saying March 2023. Uh, Road mm. to VR uh, still thinks See, it's going to be See, that does not feel like soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Road to VR thinks it'll be this holiday, which I don't know. That's, that's coming up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, if you had to place money, what would you say? I'd say March of next year. Really? I just I just don't imagine unless they're planning on like launching this fast, not giving people much time to pre-order and then dropping it in the middle of the holiday. That's just not that much time. When the original PSVR came out, I put in my pre-order in March to get it in October. Oof. So that was a long span of time that I had to pre-order it. I mean, they if they said today this is coming out December 1st, they'd have to start pre-orders like immediately mm-hmm. and it still wouldn't even be that long of a time unless they don't pre-order. So I really think they're going to go through the holiday, get as many PS5s in houses as they can because you have to have a PS5 to use it. Mm-hmm. And That's then after the holiday, they say, OK, now we've sold that next 20 million units. Now we're ready to launch PSVR and hopefully get 10 percent, 20 percent of people who own a PS5 now. Yeah. Right. But think about those incredible, you know, PSVR PlayStation 5 bundles that they could have sold, right? Like maybe people are having a hard time getting PlayStation 5s because they're holding all of them back for the PSVR bundles. It's like, oh, you want a PlayStation 5? Well, you got to get our VR with it. Uh, that would <laughs> be so the expensive, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, people would be ticked at PlayStation if they were to do that. But, you know, I can dream. I might do it. I've been so excited about this for so long. I'm like, when they finally release it, I'm going to freak out. And it'll still be like so long. They'll be like, the release date is a year from now. And I'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, we hope not. If they do that, I think people are going to forget about it for a while. Mm -hmm. Oh. Apparently last week was just the week of controversial news in the VR scene <laughs> between the the price change on the quest, between VR chat pulling the mods out from everybody's under everybody's feet. Now we've got a story that has been out for a little bit and it's still developing as things happen. But basically Meta, who we always end up talking about, when we talk about VR <laughs> is in another war with the Federal Trade Commission there. The FTC is trying to block them from purchasing a studio called Within. They they are the creators of the, the fitness app Supernatural. If you don't know Supernatural, it is basically the VR fitness app right now. It's a subscription based, but you get in there. There's different workouts that show up every day. All kinds of big artists and big names have been attracted to Supernatural. Nat and I actually use Supernatural pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to say, oh, well, you already acquired Beat Saber and Beat Saber was the leading fitness app. But now you're trying to acquire Supernatural, which is the other leading fitness app. You're trying to monopolize the entire industry. But the interesting thing here, too, is there's some weird verbiage getting thrown around because when this first they was talked about, they were saying, no, you acquired Beat Saber, which was a music app. And now you're trying to acquire Supernatural, mm. which they were also was trying to say was a music app. So maybe it's switching gears to this whole fitness because it's a little more they can tie it together a little better if they try and say both apps are 
fitness apps. And this, yeah. of course, is under after Meta has had issues with this before outside of the VR realm, you know, buying Instagram, buying WhatsApp. They're trying to say, oh, you're just buying everything in the field so that you have no competitors. You own them all. Now they're trying once again to stop them from doing this in VR. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you think? Obviously, they're try they want to own everything. They're a business. Businesses want to own everything and make all the money. That's how the business world works. They're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, in my opinion, it definitely seems like Meta's trying to buy it out and trying to, maybe not in name, but kind of in practice, get a VR monopoly with, with the stuff mm -hmm. that they're going for. It's funny that they're classifying, in my opinion, Beat Saber as a fitness app, right? Is because when you think of of, hey, I want to get Beat Saber, you don't think of it for the main purpose of fitness, I think, for most people. You know, for, for a game like Supernatural, you get it because you want to work out in VR. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case for Beat Saber. It feels mm -hmm. like the F2C could definitely see like, okay, obviously Meta here is just trying to buy out a lot of the industry. We need to make something stick. And so they're trying to like shove Beat Saber into this fitness box, maybe to make it stick. But, but I don't know. That, that's sort of what I feel like is going on here. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just kind of funny because I feel like Beat Saber and Supernatural... Although when I first saw the ad for Supernatural, I thought, oh my gosh, this is just a Beat Saber knockoff. But they're oh, really? <laughs> they're very different. Like Beat Saber, even though people some people use it as like a fitness thing, it's really focused on like the music and the, you know, getting to the top of the leaderboard, where Supernatural is all about just the fitness. Mm -hmm. And I I think they're very different. I, I don't fault anyone for going after Meta because they're just a big, I don't know, they're, they're too big, they're trying to take over everything, and I, if, if people are just trying to figure out something to stick on them, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like fight, they should have gotten in trouble up. for making the price of the quest so low. They, they really was think some, so? There was some pushes about that. I remember trying to say that you're basically just not making any room for your competitors to come in and make anything. Uh, well, they fixed that. They brought the price up. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I was a little bit. How, how kind of them, them, right? How kind of them. <laughs> Yeah, once they once they have so many people that have it, they're like, okay, now we'll bring the price back up. Okay, cool. People <laughs> yeah, well, in the now. FTC's defense, if they had managed to, or if this does go through and they buy uh, within, that would be the sixth VR studio that they now own. Beat Games, of course, Ooh. with Beat Saber, Sans Rue, Asgard's Wrath, blah, blah, blah. But the funny thing to me is like they've bought so many of these and every time they do, it seems like the studios never put out another freaking game. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are they buying these if they're not making more games out of them? What is going on? It is weird. Maybe they're all working on secret, you know, secret meta projects that will come out <laughs> with Horizons or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Horizon Pop One. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, I was thinking, I was kind of wondering, and uh, when we talked about the Immerse app on VR, the one that's a language learning app, I was like, "Wow, this seems like something that Meta would really, really want to be a part of." And I was like, "I, I bet they're going to try and buy Immerse if Immerse does well, because." It's kind of a new thing to have a uh, language learning, like not just language learning, but like education, like fully based in VR type of thing. I'm like, that is something I can totally see meta being like, yum, yum, want new thing. Give me. Um, yeah. 
and, and that's one of those better, like, cookie <laughs> and and that's one of those things that i can definitely see sort of practical applications for the metaverse that they're trying to build right mm-hmm. it's like language learning getting to know other people and and interacting with people around the world in this virtual space the language learning fits really, really well into that vision. Um, and a lot of these games, I mean, they're cool and they're fun, but like you said, Meta buys them and then they just kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's happening. It is it's, strange. It's interesting. They buy all these game studios and, uh, you know, gaming, it's why we're here for now in VR. There's a lot coming. <laughs> the future's going to change, but gaming is why we're here. So we're going to talk about some games and, of course, Adam's experience with his quest, too. We got to tell you one last yeah. time before we do. Asterian Products, if you're new to this podcast, maybe you haven't heard about them. Go to asterianproducts.com. Check out. They've got these awesome headset stands that glow and make your room look gorgeous. I've got a personalized one in the background on my cool new shelf over there that's glowing right now. And if you use code FULLDIVE on their website, you can get another $5 off any order, $19.99 or more. Adam, you've been gone for a minute. You've been busy. You're here now. And I want to know, what have you been playing? So I had um, a cool... I, I had to go on a trip over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it was so nice. I was able to throw my quest into a suitcase and just take it with me on a plane, no matter where. And so I thought that this is the perfect opportunity to really, you know, dive in and try out some of the, of the big name quest games that I've been putting off for a while. And one of those (laughs) games was Medal of Honor. So we, we talked a lot about the new Medal of Honor VR game coming out, uh, above and beyond. And it got a little bit of a bad rap at first. But I decided that I'd give it a shot anyway. It's had, you know, a year, year and a half to sort of develop and get updates for it. So I thought I'd jump in and try it out. And now, Jay, I know that you have had some <clears throat> um, some experiences with this game or a story with it. Uh, you want to yeah. tell us about that? So two months ago now, was it? I was sent down to the Meta Store to see the Meta Store before it opened up. And part of this couple days down there near Meta headquarters. We got to go to the Meta campus and we got to sit in front of a panel of some of the top people at Meta and hear them talk about what's going on with VR, what the future of it's coming. And one person there, Ruth Bram, some of you may know the name, or if you don't, if you've ever watched an Oculus Connect uh, where they talk about the upcoming games, she's the person you see standing there talking, telling you about the Hmm. games coming. she was talking about the work that went to Medal of Honor and how amazing of a game it is and all these amazing things about it. And it's so, so good. And then she said, it's an Oscar winning title. It's the first one that made uh, gaming history for winning an Oscar. And I was like, I, I made a face and thought to myself, like, because between all the great things she'd said about the game, I, I actually haven't played the game, but I remember when it came out at launch, there was a lot of uh, controversy about the quality of the game and all that. When she said one, I like looked up into the corner, like thinking, is that true? And then she she called out. She's like, you just rolled your eyes at me and pointed right at me. Made uh, gaming history for winning an Oscar. I know you're rolling your eyes. Okay. I know you're, you're shaking your head like, oh, she's just spouting a bunch of little craps at us, but. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I mean, he, he has these like, there's like eye movements here. I was like, I was like, did it really win? Like, is this is this a thing? And apparently it did, but it was like for the storytelling aspect of it, from the war oh. stories and that stuff. Like, it was it was more that part of it. Maybe not necessarily the game, which makes sense, but. It was like I, I got called out so hard at that moment. I was like, they're going to send me off campus. The guys are going to come in and grab me and take me off this campus. And I'm going to get ejected from this whole thing. So, yeah. Adam, does Medal of Honor live up to all that 
amazing hype that I was getting fed while I was there? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, I mean, I know that it got a little bit of a bad reputation when it first released, maybe because, you know, it was supposed to be like this, this triple A studio that's making a Medal of Honor game, which is like a really you know, it's it's a it's a series with a lot of heritage and good games behind it coming to VR. And so I knew that it had some reputation and I knew that, you know, maybe it wasn't the most polished game. It'd be some glitchy. And I came into this game and I was still disappointed. <laughs> it, it was it was a rocky experience. It oh, just no. felt like something had been thrown together as quickly as possible. And if I had worked on this game. I would be embarrassed and I like wouldn't <laughs> I mean it's and maybe that's hard I hope hopefully like no developer from Medal of Honor like listens to this podcast <laughs> but like if I worked on that game I would leave it off my resume <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> like that's how bad it is you know it's oh, it was just a rocky experience and there was just a lot of tech glitches and the mm. gameplay just wasn't very satisfying and that's one of the worst things that you can kind of say about a game, you know, because because we played lots of games that all have their glitchiness. One of my favorite games, you know, War Dust, one of the glitchiest pieces of junk that you'll ever play in your life. But it's the most fun piece of junk you'll ever get to play with. This is just a piece of junk and it's just not fun to play. Like I kind of had to force myself to keep playing it. It it wasn't great. No, I, Jay or not. Have you have you had a chance to try out Medal of Honor? I still haven't because I feel like the price was high, and I just yeah. was like after everything I'd heard about, it, I wasn't. I'm not a huge World War II buff. Uh, I, I wasn't like there was no reason that I actively wanted to be in this game. So I was just like that price. I'm not going to jump on this thing anytime soon. Maybe I should just to see if I getting called out was worth it or not now but <laughs> I, I think it's got like a six out of ten uh from Ooh. some of the different news outlets on its score which is not an exemplary score Mm-mm. i would say i'm i don't know what it is on actual oculus because the way they set it up it's like you click on it, it's like this big experience on the page unlike other experiences and it doesn't show you the normal like ratings and stuff. <laughs> Once i feel like they're they're playing it up but yeah i have not played it still but it just doesn't seem like my thing and now i'm even less likely to want to jump in yeah i i am like never interested in anything that's like woohoo war and guns i'm like Meh. and so <laughs> i it wasn't on my radar at all and now like I, I'm so excited that you played it, Adam, because I was expecting that it w- that you were going to say, actually, it's really good. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> uh, it's just great. Hilarious to hear that it was actually terrible. <laughs> it, it was just oh. painful to play. And it was fr- and it was painful in the frustrating kind of way, you know, oh. like you're trying to play through the campaign and someone and, and an enemy clips through the wall and shoots you oh. <laughs> like you can't hit them it's just their gun that's sticking through the wall and they kill you through that way wow. and, and that's the frustrating kind of game that you that you don't enjoy you know yeah and and there's just some things about game design that they just seem to be missing it's it's like that they had all the assets and they threw it together in the game and they said go have fun with it and <laughs> They just like like here's the best example that I can come up with, right? Like there's some really interesting ideas that they have. Uh, like there's a mission where you have to get in the sidecar of a motorcycle, and you have like a stationary machine gun. 
you know like that's a cool interesting idea you know you're going through this level and you're taking shots at at vehicles and trucks as you're going by like it's cool level design um but you can it's almost like they never play tested it because Mm -hmm. when they spawn you in the level it spawns you on the other side of the sidecar and so like i had to physically walk over in my play space but it crossed the boundary like i ran into a table trying to get over there (laughs) and so i had to like move over and then recenter like move all the way over to the other side of my play space and recenter it and then move walk over to the the sidecar at the same time like the level's not stopping like people are shooting at me and it's just it was just a mess you know, so really it's like bad. it's so it's a lot of good ideas and good set pieces and just terrible execution. It, it was rough. I fought through it. For those of you who are here watching this on YouTube or if you're listening, you might want to come check out this one on YouTube. I will show what you have to get through on their Web page to like get to the actual buy the game screen where you can see the reviews. It's like an experience <laughs> just there. But I finally got through it. It looks like it has about 3.7 rating on Oculus, which is low because I mean, Whoa. you don't see them low often. 48% gave it five stars. 20% gave it one star and everything wow. else in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely. And the problem is, so let me ask you this question. They kept throwing around AAA, AAA, AAA. This is the first AAA game on Quest 2. This is AAA studio. This is AAA, this AAA, that. Did they build the expectations too much? Would this thing have gotten better reviews if they just said it's a Medal of Honor game and let people make up their own mind? Because they even now it says on here, AAA on the page. Mm-hmm. Like, into this triple a game did that overblow the expectations no for a weird way it it definitely feels like a triple a game i mean i spent you know that there was a, a there's a decent amount of content in the game like a shocking amount of content you know i'm i'm playing through and i go through like this entire story arc of of you know completing a mission and doing some interesting spy stuff and shooting obviously just germans by the thousands um (laughs) and then you get to the end of it and it's like all right end of mission one and you're like wait hold on that was like mission one and there's like how many missions there is a ton of content in this game it's and and so in that sense it really kind of does feel like in some sense like a triple a game mm-hmm. like there's so much content and there's so many set pieces like one of the missions like there's some interesting ideas you know you're in a bomber and you have to like run between the different like gunnery stations in order to take out these german planes and in that sense it feels very much like a triple a game it's just the execution of that triple a sort of premise was bad (laughs) a triple a game that is just bad (laughs) so i mean you might want to call it maybe like a triple f experience right if we had to give it a grade oh my gosh Oh, no. Oh, no. If Ruth ever finds this episode, I'm going to be in a whole world of trouble. You were rolling your eyes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one giving the opinions. She she can go ahead and get mad at me, right? And then I'll just pop away from the podcast for another year (laughs) in penance. (laughs) Well, the game's still 40 bucks. That's that's been my biggest barrier. I mean... Forty bucks can buy you a lot of games on the Quest Store if they're on sale, at least. But I don't know if Metal of Honor's been on sale. But forty bucks, I expect a lot at forty dollars on Quest. Like mm-hmm. I expect the Walking Dead level of game. Mm-hmm. 
and and you know the thing is you do get a lot of game it's just you know it's just not any of it's good it's like the chuckarama <laughs> experience right you you get an all you can eat buffet but none of it's good <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, However, there is one interesting point that you said. There's almost like an entire sub part of the game where you find these war stories Mm -hmm. um, and you can collect them or you can view them throughout the game. They're sort of in a separate menu. And in that aspect, they like they went around and using really high um, like like using really in-depth. I don't know how to say this. Like the quality is just shockingly good let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, like the quality of the interview and of the photography equipment and of the recording equipment is just out of this world. And they're interviewing these war vets and their experiences. And these are people, you know, like the the people who lived in that time are kind of aging out. And it was an amazing level of detail and care taken to sort of remember these stories. And in that aspect, it's truly beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it also felt kind of out of place with sort of the rip-roaring action Mm. of the Medal of Honor game. And so it's almost like it's two separate experiences. It it was really interesting. Yeah, maybe they should have just had like a documentary that was separate. Yeah. And was, is it like video footage like that you just kind of like watch or is it something you're kind of like in the 3D space of when you're hearing these stories? It's more video footage that you watch. Okay. Yeah. And, but, but it does sort of, make it into a very cinematic type of experience so maybe they should have just make it a doc- made a documentary and not a game oh no oh no well is there anything else about medal of honor the the listeners need to know or do you want to tell us about other games that you've been in nice good you fun. know honestly i i think that i have said probably far more than i should have about medal of honor <laughs> so we can we can move on oh. <laughs> What what else? You took it portable with you. Were you using this thing to do some exercise? Were you just gaming the whole time? What else did you try? You know, the other main experience that I tried out was Pistol Whip. And Hmm. I know that we have talked extensively about Pistol Whip on this show. Um, But they've they've added some updates to Pistol Whip since the last time I played. I don't know if you've talked on the podcast uh, extensively about the new contracts mode that Pistol Whip has. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. We talked about it a bit. I would love to hear your thoughts. And actually, over behind me on the shelf, they sent us this Pistol Whip kit that has like Pistol Whip John Wick gold coins like they use in the movie because of the contracts update. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. So tell us your thoughts and what the contracts update meant to you. Okay, so I won't go too deep into it since since it's it's been discussed on the podcast pretty thoroughly before. But but for me, the contracts really changed a lot of the game. Like one of the one of the problems uh, for score games like Beat Saber or Pistol Whip has for me is that it feels like it really quickly becomes cemented. You know, it's like this is the way that you play Pistol Whip with these modifiers. You know, and that's the way that you play. Sometimes you can throw in some more difficult stuff to mm-hmm. try and like spice it up for yourself, make it more difficult. But rather, you're going for the top score. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And once it becomes pretty saturated, like the top scores become locked in, it kind of feels hard to kind of force yourself to jump in back into that mm-hmm. competitive environment. The contract smoke kind of changes that for me because it throws in daily and weekly and monthly an entire brand new set of challenges for you to try. It's sort of like, you know, and, and sometimes with 
completely bonkers modifiers that you wouldn't yeah. normally play with. It feels like a brand new day brings a brand new challenge with with new content every day. And it it was shockingly good for me. Like I remember being excited every single day to try and see what new contracts. And I got really into the the environment of trying to go for score because the scores reset every day. You can actually make a meaningful impact on getting onto mm-hmm. the leaderboard. And I don't know. I, I think that the that the contracts update is one of the best pieces of content that they brought to to the game for a while. That is so funny. I I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this, Adam. Because oh, did you not like it? <laughs> I, I was okay with it, but I was like, my favorite update was the now I can't even remember what it's called. The first one that was like the cool like the campaign. Yeah, the robot yeah. campaign. Yes, the robot campaign. Yeah. That was so cool. And I was like, when I heard there was another update, I was expecting like some cool campaign, like some new story. And so when I saw it, it's just like, I mean, I was like, okay, this is cool. But it's like, it doesn't feel like enough of something new for me. Like, I'm really, I really like hearing your perspective. You're more of like a leaderboard person than I am because I don't really care about the leaderboard. I know that I suck. I know that I'm not going to get on the leaderboard anyway, so I don't really care. So for me, it was like, okay, it's cool, (laughs) but I was hoping for like another cool story, especially since I was not a fan of the second campaign. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) What was the one thing, the, like something about the train they kept saying over and over, like if you didn't get through it, then you have to hear all the yeah. dialogue and you're like, uh-huh. the, at the least you have to hear awful cringy. dialogue with the new cool contracts. <laughs> yeah, well, Jay, what, what is what was your thoughts on on the contracts update? <sighs> well, I am not someone this would actually be a great thing to talk to my brother about because I am not someone who Ooh. cares much about daily challenges. He like does all of them mm. on on games that he's into. But what I did like when I tried it was it did force me to try a modifier set that I would have never done. So I saw the value in it. I was like, OK, for people who like this, people who are trying to get more out of Pistol Whip, this does give you something totally new and you have to play it a totally new way, which I thought was cool. But I'm not someone who ever goes, oh, I need to beat this challenge. I need to do this. But that being said, the one thing that for me kind of hit me the wrong way was that campaign update was ridiculously cool. And updates before (laughs) that had added new songs, new environments, new things that you played. So with this, it just felt like they kind of remixed the same thing that they already had to put out an update. So I was like, uh, yeah, it makes a new thing. It makes a new challenge. It can refresh the game a little people. But I was looking for new content. I thought there was going to be more new stuff. I think there might have been like some random modifiers that were new and stuff, but I was hoping for levels and songs and I was hoping for this whole I, I even thought at least they said contracts, contracts. It's like, you know, made me think that it would be a little more official. It'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, at the very end, once you pass it, you see this like awesome animation of you like in a tower with a sniper <laughs> rifle taking out this person that was. Part yeah, of. It, it didn't. It just felt like, OK, you added daily challenges and you called it contracts. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it was a, it was cool and it's free. So I can't really complain. I just had yeah. different expectations, I think. Yeah, you see, and that's so funny because I absolutely adore this update. For me, mm-hmm. it felt like the size of the game tripled because uh. it's not only like, you know, you get through all the different songs, uh, you play them on all the hardest difficulty and then you played all the songs. But then doing sort of these these challenges that are forced on you that are I I think maybe they're semi-randomized with these sometimes bonkers modifiers that are put on you. 
it forces you to play the game in a different way. And that mm-hmm. to me feels like it's doubling the amount of content in the game. Because sure, you know, you can play through these songs. Bam, I know exactly where every single enemy is. And then it's like, okay, now it turns on the, the Deadeye modifier where you have to, it, it doesn't have any of the auto aim, right? You have mm-hmm. to get them right on. And that completely changes the game. And it makes me relearn the entire level again. And so for me, I don't know. I, I definitely like it more than the Wild West campaign. It's yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, well, I mean, that I mean, it's a pretty low bar to pass, right? But it still jumped over it. Um, but it's on par with me on that first on that first robot campaign update. Like wow. it's, it's equal to me in my mind for, with that update. That's big. Well, some of the reason, too, that I wasn't as excited about it is because I just like I just am oblivious. And so I was just like, huh, this is neat. And I didn't even realize that I had different modifiers. I was just like, do to do. Oh, cool. I'm going to do this. And I got through it. Woohoo. Like, I just don't get enough attention to even know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe I would have well, been more like, hmm. I, I do want to read. It's sort of that nice expectation that every time I boot up the game, there's going to be something a little bit new to try out. And, and yeah. that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to reiterate, good or bad, this update, like, if you don't own Pistol Whip, this is a must-own VR game in my mind in general. Sure. And they keep rolling out free updates. But when we took the quest to Animazement, the convention we were at this summer, we played mm. people play Beat Saber, Pistol Whip, and Job Simulator were their options. And Pistol Whip by far was the favorite. Everybody, oh, yeah. people mm-hmm. came back to play more of it. One guy was like fully addicted. Like we had a hard time getting <laughs> him out of the headset. And he came back like I swore six times in three days. Like he was always wow. in there playing Pistol Whip every time. So if you've been sleeping on Pistol Whip, whether this update was good or bad, the previous updates, the content, you've got to own Pistol Whip in my mm-hmm. opinion. For sure. It's a great game. It's so much fun. Well, we touched on a little bit of what Adam's been up to. I do feel like you were you were like, you know, I've spent a lot more time in the quest. So I do want to give you a minute here. What do you think? Because we had that video a year ago, actually almost a year ago to the day when mm. we were in Texas and you tried the quest for the first time and you were like, I don't know if I'm going to get one because the Facebook thing, you ended up eventually getting one. What have you <laughs> learned over this last year that you would say to anyone who's thinking about the quest still? You know, if you are, uh, it, it's hard for me at the moment, even with the price increase. If you're looking for just general use VR, unless you're going to go super hard into it, it's hard for me not to recommend anything but the Quest. It's mm-hmm. still just an incredibly accessible headset. It's flexible. You know, like I mentioned, I was able to take it halfway across the country just because you don't need a gaming rig. It's standalone. You can just throw it in a suitcase and go. But it still has that flexibility of being able to hook up to your gaming rig and play some of these Steam VR or, or PC based VR games. It's it's hard for me to recommend anything but the quest. Mm-hmm. And and I can feel my soul dying a little bit as I say that. <laughs> um, because I love my index and I will literally stab someone before I give it up. But <laughs> but it's that that's sort of the the state of the VR world that we're in right now yeah. is that the quest two just really is that good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you think that you're going to go super hard into it, or if you have a really specific application in mind, right? Like I do a lot of flight sims quest two isn't great for flight sims. And so mm-hmm. unless you have a specific application like that in mind for your VR setup, it's, it's, it's hard not to recommend a VR, uh, a quest too. Mm-hmm. So that's sort yeah. of my general thoughts on it. <sighs> we hate to recommend <laughs> it, but we have to. because it's what's out there right now you know stuff is coming it's on the horizon if you know about anything psvr2 
Soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep you posted here on the podcast as things happen. And if you want to chat about it even further, come hang out with us on Discord. We got all these crazy Q&A questions tonight came from there. So if you want to ask more crazy Q&A questions and hear us fumble through awkward answers, then please come ask us more about. Don't ask us more about feet. Actually, do not do that. Uh, <laughs> we chat about VR. And of course, we got to thank our people on Patreon our supporters who are supporting this podcast and covering all of its costs. Now we really thank you. If you're out there and you're listening, come see us on YouTube. You can see all the fun little things that have been happening in the background. Like my cat who's asleep right now on the ground behind me, <laughs> perfectly in the frame somehow. I don't know how she found so that spot. Cute. Uh, but we'll go on the go with you just like the Quest 2 does if you want to listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, <laughs> Google, and you can rate us there if you like. That really helps us out. But hey, remember, if you're thinking about VR right now and you're going to do it, what do you got to do, Adam? You got to dive on in. Dive on, on in. in. <laughs> <laughs>